Hey guys, welcome back to the Road to Madness podcast. I'm Mike Giglio. I'm Mendong. Uh, 79 days until the 2020 season begins. Yeah, I mean, a lot of stuff's been happening this past week. I mean, like we said, like we predicted last episode, uh, waiver wire, it's kind of heating up, honestly. And uh, a lot of very interesting stuff to cover this episode. Some, believe it or not, is transfers. And we'll get to that in a couple minutes. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on. And uh, yeah, this episode should be a very uh, mixed and mashed one, but also a very exciting one as well. Yeah, and the draft lottery happened too, and we'll, we'll talk about that as well. Yeah, so uh, without further ado, let's kick things off with some breaking news. Uh, Portland transfer uh, Jacob Tyron, or Tryon, uh, has committed to Samford. Uh, he averaged seven points a game and five rebounds a game this past season. Uh, he was originally a New Mexico State committee, uh, but he decided to go to Portland instead uh, for these past two seasons, and he had a very good two seasons at Portland, if you ask me. And uh, he will have two years remaining, though, at Sanford. And uh, Sanford finished towards the bottom of the SoCon, middle of the pack. But uh, with the addition of uh, Tryon, will this help them in the SoCon? Yeah, it seems like he's most likely going to sit um, this year. They, Furman and, and UNC Greensboro are clearly the two at the top. And they're going to have a massive roster turnaround after next season. So Sanford could be one of those teams that could take advantage and maybe climb up to the top. Yeah, and uh, obviously we're going to get to the SOCON and within the next couple of weeks. So uh, we don't want to spoil too much as of right now. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we see we see a lot of teams lose a lot of guys. And obviously some of the, the biggest one probably is Tennessee, uh, Middle East Tennessee State. Sorry. And uh, they lose their coach. They lose some of their top options. So that team's probably not going to be a contender in the SOCON. And then you imagine two teams in Furman and UNC Greensboro who, who are probably going to be – the top teams, if you ask me. But, uh, yeah, Sanford could definitely sneak in as one of these uh, underdogs, dark horses. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we'll get into the SOCON in a couple weeks, so I uh, don't want to go too into depth as of right now. Yeah. Um, Detroit Next, Detroit's B.J. Maxwell will transfer for the upcoming season. He redshirted last year, nine points, uh, five rebounds for Albany Christian two seasons ago. He will be a grad transfer, so he's immediately eligible. No current intel on where he might go. Very late decision, but uh, which team do you think will pick up Maxwell? Yeah, I mean, this is just a very late decision. I mean, with that being a late decision, I think he's just going to go wherever a team has an open spot. I mean, some teams probably still have open spots here or there. There's not many, but there's probably some teams still looking for some guys. So uh, I think wherever that is, I think Maxwell's going to go because uh, he can – there's a chance he could sneak into a high major, like high mid-major role. I mean, Detroit, they're in a pretty decent conference, but Maxwell could somehow transfer into a high mid-major, like a Big East or like, you know, the A-10. He could be, somehow he could fit in there and maybe even a high major, but he could also go up to a lower major, mid-major than uh, the conference Detroit's in. So it's kind of all over the place. So I don't really know where he might go. Yeah, like I said, like you said, it all depends on who has an open roster spot. Um, 79 days until the 2020 season begins, and you're transferring that. That's insane. Yeah, I mean, teams are already practicing, and it's just like the new kid showing up to the team. Like, hey, guys, what's going on? I'm on the team now. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that just it just doesn't make sense because you're already building chemistry, and that just ruins everything. But, uh, I mean, he's a very good player, so whatever team gets him, it's going to be hopefully a good run, and a good addition for that team. 
And uh, the next piece of breaking news, this was very, very, very surprising, if you ask me. Would you, would you agree with that statement? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is uh, 2021 five-star recruit uh, Paulo uh, Banchero. Uh, he's committed to Duke, and uh, it kind of came out of nowhere, if you ask me. Uh, chooses Duke over Kentucky, Gonzaga, Washington, Tennessee, and Arizona. Uh, he's a 6'10 power forward from Washington. Uh, he's, he's the third-ranked uh, recruit in the class of 2021. Um, yeah, like I said, the decision kind of came out of nowhere. The reports had Tennessee as one of the favorites to land him, and Duke was kind of not in the running at all, for the crystal ball at least. So, uh, and just kind of defying all the odds there. I, I mean, we've seen it before with plenty of uh, um, commitments and recruiters and recruits. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he will be joining five-star A.J. Griffin, though, and you know Duke, they're going to get a lot more recruits in the near future. So uh, uh, what are your thoughts on the surprising commitment? Yeah, this is crazy. Um... Duke and Tennessee were clearly the two front runners. They were probably the only two in the running, and he decided to commit to Duke, who was just silent. They just didn't do anything. I mean, they didn't really prioritize him. Um, but, yeah, who, who doesn't want to play for Coach K? Yeah, I mean, I'm wearing it. I mean, you know, you know they're going to be a top three recruiting class pretty much every year. And, uh I mean, the same recruiters getting these same guys. I mean, he got he got Zion. He got a lot of good quality guys to come through this Duke program. And uh, Banchero is just one of those next guys. I mean, he's he's a potential probably lottery pick in 2022. I'm assuming he's going to be one and done, but you, you never know. I mean, a lot of guys do decide to go different ways with it. But uh, if I were him, I'd be a one and done, be a lottery guy probably with his stock and potential. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just like – Duke's recruiting class just keeps getting better and better every year. And uh, they, they keep getting quality top five recruits in the class. And this is just the line that's keep, that keeps on coming. So, uh, no, no surprise here, but I was really hoping he was going to go to your team, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, next, 2021 four-star recruit Nolan Hickman has committed to Kentucky. Chooses Kentucky over Kansas, Washington, Arizona, UCLA, and many, many others. 6'2 point guard from Utah, ranked 30th in the class of 2021. Uh, third point guard, or number three in, for point guards. Uh, first commitment for Kentucky, which is which is crazy because uh, I, I, I expect they'd have more. And it seems like they will have many more coming soon. This is a good pickup for the Wildcats. Yeah, I mean, anything goes at this point. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy to believe they haven't got a five-star recruit already. Uh, you know who they got coming for this upcoming season. They got two five-stars, a ton of four-stars. You could go on and on about who they got. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this is kind of surprising. I mean, it is very early, uh, but I'm surprised they haven't got at least one five-star already committed to Kentucky. So uh, is, that, is that a concern? Maybe. But will they, will they definitely figure things out? Uh, yes. So I expect them to get one or two five-stars probably when it's all said and done. And, I mean, just like Duke, they're, they're going to get their guys. It, it's a blue blood. You know they're getting guys. It doesn't matter who it is, but they're they're getting they're gonna get the guys. So uh, yeah, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be worried for this Kentucky team, but this is a good pickup uh, yeah, here with Hickman. Yeah, you kind of caught everything. They're gonna get their guys somehow, some way, and there may be some guys that didn't flourish this this upcoming season that will return next season and get their opportunity to play more minutes. Yeah, and uh, commitments are gonna be running all through the season, like pretty much. From now until next year, and at this point, all the 2020 guys are already committed. So, uh, and then a year from now, if we're still doing this, I, I'm pretty sure we should be. Hopefully, but uh, yeah, I mean, 
it's just going to be crazy to see what happens next year because all these guys will be finalized and uh, it's just like running it back and we got the next guys up for 2022. I mean, it's just kind of crazy to think about, but I uh, believe it or not, it will be here pretty soon, which is kind of scary to think about. Yeah. All right. So uh, now it's the uh, NBA lottery updates. Uh, obviously, the lottery results uh, took place on Thursday and are now finalized. Uh, there were a couple surprises, but uh, most of the things were in order. And uh, we will quickly run down uh, the order from 14 to 1. So uh, starting with 14, we have the Celtics, uh, who VIA the Memphis Grizzlies. They kind of lost their protection there because it was the 14th pick. But we kind of saw this one coming. Uh, 13th, we got the Pelicans. Uh, 12th, the Kings. 11th, the Spurs. 10th, the Suns. Uh, 9th, the Wizards. Uh, eighth, uh, the Knicks. Uh, this one was a very shocking one. And uh, believe it or not, the Knicks didn't rig the system this time. So uh, it's a good thing for us, but the bad thing for the Knicks fans out there. So sorry, Knicks fans, if you're watching this. And uh, seventh, we got the Pistons. Uh, sixth, we got the Hawks. Uh, five, we got the Cavs. And uh, four, we got the Bulls. The Bulls <laughs> did move up a couple spots, and as did the Horns here at number three. So that's just huge news for both of these programs. And uh, two, the Warriors got number two, and the Timberwolves get a number one pick uh, once again. It feels like they just had one yesterday, but uh, they got one once again. So uh, with all these said and done, uh, what are your thoughts on all these results? Yeah, um, like you said, it's a horrible day for New York Knicks fans. Uh, yeah, and uh, T-Wolves at one. I don't know if I would, I would choose anyone at number one if you were the T-Wolves. You already have two superstars, and in my opinion, I'd trade that. And also, mock draft coming up soon, maybe, because the order is set. Yeah, it's got to be coming up pretty soon. And uh, I did hear some news. Adam Silver might be moving the draft back, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. It's it's scheduled for mid-October, but uh, he's been – him that and the actual next season, it might be delayed even more, which is kind of disappointing. But uh, you never know. I mean, things happen, and – as long as we get to watch it and see what happens, um, I'm okay with it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we just have to wait a little bit longer probably, which is going to be kind of a long haul. But, uh, yeah, definitely see a mock draft coming within the next couple of weeks. Yeah, totally. Uh, next, we got we got some more waivers as predicted. Uh, first one, Cedric Alley of UTSA. He's a transfer from Houston. Average one and a half points, one rebound this past season in nine minutes. We'll have two years remaining. We'll be moving from a high mid-major to a very competitive Conference USA. Will UTSA move out of last with the addition of Alley? Yeah, I mean, this is a very interesting uh, transfer here, obviously. I mean, Alley was kind of one of the early guys uh, that transferred out of Houston and go to UTSA. And uh, Conference USA is coming up very soon on these uh, conference previews. So uh, we're not going to get too into depth with it, as most of these – conferences but uh yeah I definitely see UTSA making some good strides and uh I think just getting a high mid-major guy in Cedric Alley here is just huge for them and uh they need anything at this point honestly they haven't done too much just looking at the conference USA it's kind of been dominated by Western Kentucky and a couple other teams but uh, a lot of teams in the conference USA made a lot of big moves for this upcoming season and the season following so uh yeah it's gonna be very competitive like we said before so uh, I'm excited to watch it but uh yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens with UTSA. I'm not too sure if they'll move out of that bottom half. Yeah, like you said, Conference USA is coming real soon. Um, I don't want to spoil my opinion on this team, but 
all I will say is I have very high expectations for this program next year. Yeah, and like I said, Conference USA, it's going to be one of the most competitive conferences uh, for them and we've seen in a while. And it's going to be very exciting. I'm, I'm excited to talk about it because it's going to be pretty hard. I mean, some of these have been very hard. Some of them have been easier than others. So uh, that's just the beauty of college basketball and all these very competitive conferences. All right, uh, next two waivers we have is a combo package deal. Uh, same schools and same transfer destination. So uh, we got James Jean Marie from uh, Hawaii. He's a transfer from San Diego. Uh, average seven and a half points a game and five rebounds a game this past year. Uh, he was a starter for San Diego last year, and he does have one year remaining. And uh, the other pet piece of that package is going to be Noel Coleman out of Hawaii, uh, obviously another transfer from San Diego. Uh, average two and a half points a game, one rebound a game this past season, and nine and a half minutes per game. Uh, he will have two years remaining. And this is a nice package deal here for Hawaii. Obviously, they lost Drew Bugs, who was probably their top guy, to Missouri. So, Ailed uh, will be talking about Hawaii in the Big West preview next week. So, uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts on Hawaii? Yeah, um, like you said, Big West is coming up probably next episode. Uh, yeah, and Hawaii, these are two good guests. Like you said, they lost Drew Bugs. They got to compensate for that, and I think they, they did compensate. Yeah, I mean, I got to agree with you here. Uh, I'm excited to see uh, where Hawaii ranks in our rankings. I mean, we have to look into depth, but I think this Hawaii team is returning a lot of very key guys. They do lose a lot of good guys like Drew Bugs, like we said. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see what this Hawaii team does next year. Mm -hmm. uh, next, we have Peter Kiss of Bryant. He's a transfer from Rutgers. Sat out last year, averaged six points, two and a half rebounds two seasons ago, and three seasons ago played at Quinnipiac. Uh, we'll probably have two years remaining at Bryant. Um, Bryant returned some key pieces to make a run in the NEC. Will Kiss be a top option for them? Yeah, I mean, he he, played, he was very well when he played at Rutgers. And uh, obviously things didn't really go his way. Uh, injuries kind of took a toll and just a lot of other things took a toll on Peter Kiss. But, uh, yeah, I mean, going to the NEC, I mean, he's got to be the top option for him. <laughs> I mean, Bryant does lose a lot of guys. And uh, Benson Lynn's one of them. Uh, he was one of those amazing guys who just decided to go overseas for Bryant. And uh, first time in the conference history, obviously. But, uh yeah, I mean, Peter Kiss is going to be very good at Bryant, I believe, and uh, I think he's probably going to be a top option for him. Yeah, um, I believe that anytime you have, like, a high major player joining a program like, like this, um, they're clearly going to be the top option. Like I said, they've, they've had high major experience. They've, they've been in this before, and yeah. Yeah, and uh, speaking of high major experience, uh, we got another guy getting a waiver here, <laughs> Jeremiah Francis, uh, going to New Mexico. Obviously, the transfer from UNC uh, averaged three and a half points a game, one and a half rebounds a game, and one and a half assists per game this past season. Uh, obviously, didn't play that many minutes. I believe it was 11 and a half, uh, but he does have three years remaining. Uh, will New Mexico make a lot of strides in the top-heavy Mountain West Conference? Yeah, um, the Mountain West is very, very, very interesting right now. It's kind of like a five or six-headed monster leading the Mountain West right now. There's, there's no clear front runner, so it'll be interesting to see where we both rank this conference. Yeah, and we were just looking at the conferences. We were wondering, should we put them in, like, the normal uh, pack of all the conferences or put them down the bottom where all the heavy hitters are? And it was kind of a tough debate. I mean, just looking at the Mountain West next year, they're going to have a lot of heavy hitter teams. So uh, we, were, we were thinking about putting them towards that special bottom half. 
of the uh, previews, but uh, I believe we decided to keep them in the majority of the pack, but uh, don't be surprised. Uh, the Mountain West is a very exciting conference next year. New Mexico is definitely going to be one of those top six teams, like you said, in that six-headed monster. Mm -hmm. um, last waiver, we have Amanzi Oknumizi um, of Jacksonville State, transfer from Georgia, averaged six points, two and a half rebounds in one block in, this, in seven games played this past season. He's a 6'9 power forward, uh, looking to be the new big man for Jacksonville State. Um, Jacksonville State's been a bottom feeder in the Ohio Valley these past few years. Do you, do you think they'll be a dark horse this year? Yeah, I mean, there's a chance. I mean, you look at the Ohio Valley Conference, it's kind of a four-headed, five-headed monster, kind of like the Mountain West. It's very top-heavy. And uh, Jacksonville State did make the tournament. Uh, it was a couple of years ago, but I remember them being a 15 seed, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And mm -hmm. uh, Yep, I, I do remember that as well. Yeah. Uh, they played Louisville. and yeah. got destroyed. Yeah, I mean, time, time flies. I don't know how long ago that was. I mean, we've said it before. We don't know uh, how long it's been since that happened. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they just haven't been the, uh, the same team since, obviously. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just getting a guy like Nugmizi here is just huge for them. And uh, he can hopefully provide a big man presence for this Jacksonville State team, which is something that they need for next year. Yeah, um, that March Madness game was three years ago. Yeah, so they haven't done they haven't done anything since that that time, and uh, I mean they did lose obviously their probably their whole rotation from that tournament game, but uh, you know it's if the rebuilding time's over. I think this team should be back towards the at least the middle of the pack in the Ohio Valley Conference. Yeah, um, I don't think this team will win the Ohio Valley. Like I said, uh, this team is run by Austin Pay. There's no question, uh, no, no spoilers there. But yeah, I think I think they would improve in the Ohio Valley, and for the Ohio Valley, it's it's kind of like top teams and then the bottom teams. I think they're they're best of the worst, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, like you said, this this team's definitely not going to win the Ohio Valley Conference by any means. But uh, yeah, I mean, you got Austin Pay there, and you see what happened to Belmont. Uh, we'll talk about it later if you guys don't know what happened, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, just a lot of things happening in the Ohio Valley Conference, but uh, I'm very excited to see what happens this year. All right, uh, now the moment you've all been waiting for, uh, the next tournament conference preview is the Big South. This one is kind of tricky, but uh, I think we kind of found a decent decent uh, standing prediction. I mean, we, we do have a couple interesting takes here, but, uh, yeah, I mean, well, we'll kick things off, obviously. If you guys don't know, player of the year first, dark horse second, and then rankings going from today, 11 to 1. So uh, without further ado, who is your player of the year? I have, for my player of the year, Flindorius Fleming Jr. of Charleston Southern. He is a reigning all-conference first-team player. He's also the reigning defensive player of the year for the conference. He's clearly the best two-way player in the conference. Um, he had monster stats last year, 18 points, nine rebounds, four assists, one and a half blocks, and one and a half deals. Um, next year, those stats are clearly going to increase. He, he, he seems like he's going to be a triple-double threat every game, and he's going to produce video game-like numbers. Yeah, I mean, that's the goal for any, any college player. And, uh, yeah, Fladarius uh, Fleming Jr., definitely one of those all-conference players once again for this year. And uh, – He's actually my runner-up. I do not have him 
as my player of the year. I do have Devon Baker out of UNC Asheville. Uh, Baker, he was one of the bright spots, uh, bright spots among this UNC Asheville team last year. Uh, he averaged 16 and a half points a game, two and a half rebounds, one and a half assists, and one and a half steals per game. He uh, will be one of the reasons why this team finished uh, where we have them projected. Uh, we both have them in the same spot, and uh, he was one of the reasons also why this team had an 11 win improvement from the 2019, 2018-2019 uh, season to this, obviously, this past season. And uh, he's definitely the preseason player of the year, if you ask me, for the Big South. And uh, he's, he's that reason why this UNC Asheville team is definitely a legitimate contender for the Big South this year. Mm-hmm. Well, Baker's a terrific player. Um, I'll get more on him once we cover UNC Asheville. But he's a terrific player, like you said. Um, dark Horse, I have high point here. Um, if you guys didn't know, Tubby Smith is the coach. And Tubby Smith is also a national champion, uh, I think, at Texas or Kentucky, one of those two. And you guys might think he's washed up, but uh, I think different. And there's nothing else needed. You have you have a national champion as your coach. Yeah, I mean, that, that that's a very bold take here at the Dark Horse. Don't, don't get me wrong. Tubby Smith, fantastic coach, fantastic player. No disrespect. I'll respect the Tubby Smith. But uh, I, do, I do not see this high point team being a dark horse team. And where you put them, I think it's, it's very, very bold. I made some bold takes last episode. I, I give it to you. But uh, this episode, you, you're making a very bold take here with high point. But, uh, yeah, I mean, my dark horse is going to be uh, USC Upstate, also known as South Carolina Upstate. Uh, this team loses nobody on the roster next season. And that's kind of a first. We haven't seen anyone return every single guy on the roster next year. And uh, this starting lineup last year was consistent of all sophomores. So all these guys have now two years of experience under their belt in the Big South. And uh, this team was tied for sixth uh, in, this, in the conference last year. And this, this team also returns a two-headed monster in Everett Hammond, Hammond and uh, Tommy Berner. Uh, both of them averaged 14 and a half points a game. Uh, last year so uh, I really like this team in the Big South and uh, obviously I'll get to them uh, more a little bit later. Yeah um, I'll get to them a little bit more later as well. Um, We kind of have a lot of agreements here uh, in the top heavy conference. Um, Number 11 I have Presbyterian here. Um, The top three options are gone from a bottom half team. Um, Although they do have a roster full of underclassmen it's going to be an uphill climb, but it is possible. You've seen it with UNC Asheville, which we will cover later. You will see it with U, uh, UN, USC Upside, Upstate, which you, you will hear later as well. And this is the same process that Presbyterian is going to go through. Yeah, I mean, this conference specifically has one of those process feeders. Just, I mean, we don't really see that with a lot of conferences that we have talked about, obviously, but uh, – yeah, this conference in particular, it can definitely be one of those that actually have the process. And uh, yeah, Presbyterian, I'll talk about a little bit them. I'll, I'll talk a little bit about them later. But uh, yeah, I mean, this team's definitely a bottom three team for me. So yeah, I mean, I'll talk about them a little bit later. Uh, my my number eleven here is going to be Campbell. Uh, Campbell was the other team tied uh, for last with High Point uh, for the Big South last year, and uh, this team loses three starters for them. Uh, the good news is they do return their top, top scorer and Cedric Henderson Jr. Uh, he averaged 12 and a half points a game last year, 
And uh, I believe Campbell will still be one of the bottom teams in the Big South, but uh, they do have a little bit of upside, and maybe they can move up a couple ranks in my Big South predictions. Mm -hmm. um, I have this team one spot above you at number 10. Um, they lose three stars, like you said, uh, from their worst team last year. Uh, on the bright side, they do have a double-digit score returning. They do have a little bit more experience than Presbyterian, which is why I do have them above them. Yeah, and um, my number 10, this is probably the most disagreement we've had for this, for the Big South at least. And uh, I got a high point at number 10. Uh, I know you got them way higher, but uh, this team does lose two starters. Uh, one of them who we mentioned last episode, uh, Curtis Holland the third, obviously transferring over to Townsend. Uh, Townsend. Uh, this is good news for the team, though. They do return the top option. John Michael Wright, who averaged 14 points a game last year. This team was also tied for the bottom of the pack with Campbell, and I believe this team will remain a bottom three team. But uh, Tubby Smith, he, he does have magic in his hands, so you, you never know with this high-point team next year. Yeah, um, I'll get to them a lot later. Uh, number nine, I have Hampton here. Um, this is very bad for them. Uh, Jermaine Morrow and Ben Stanley are both gone. We're both top ten scoring uh, nationally. Uh, so they lose on about 60 to 70% of their points just from those two guys. Um, expect a lot, and I mean a lot of usage from Davion Florin, who's their third option last year. He averaged 10 points, which seems nothing compared to Morrow and Stanley. And they, they have a lack of rotation, and it's going to be a long year for them unless Warren somehow averages 30 points a game. <laughs> yeah, and uh... – Mar or Stanley didn't even average 30. I mean, they were, they were close. One of them was close. But, uh, yeah, I mean, 30 is a very tough tax to do, and especially with Warren and what he has coming back next year. It's going to be a very big struggle for Hampton. And uh, I do have the one spot up uh, ahead of you, so I will talk about them in a couple minutes. Uh, number nine, I have Presbyterian here. This team, obviously, I talked about them. Lose their top three options for next year, as well as their seventh man. Uh, this team was tied for third. Uh, there was a three-way tie for seventh last year. This was one of these teams. And I believe this team will remain a bottom three team uh, in the Big South. Uh, personally, for me, I believe uh, Presbyterian and High Point can be interchangeable. Uh, I believe Campbell will still be the bottom, but I believe High Point and Presbyterian can be interchangeable. So uh, regardless, that is my bottom three, and I believe that is most people's bottom three. Um, not you, but uh, – most people could probably put that as their bottom three. Um, number eight, I have Radford here. I don't really want to put Radford here. I really respect their program. But, you know, top eight are gone, which is unbelievable. Carlete Jones leaving was the one that I heard from the most. Um, it's rebuilt time for one of these programs. Um, they've been top three in the conference for the past three years. I believe they won the regular season championship the past two years. And I really feel for them. Um, but I, I don't think this coaching staff will let them drop lower than, than like, the bottom three. Yeah, and I, I do have Radford one spot ahead of you. That might be a little generous, but uh, I will talk about them in a minute. Uh, I do have Hampton here at number eight, one spot ahead of you. They do lose three of their starters, and two of them, obviously, Ben Stanley and Jermaine Morrow. Mm -hmm. uh, Stanley averaged 22 points a game, Morrow 25 points a game. And that was something magnificent. And this team still did not see the results that they wanted. And uh, there was no surprise Ben Stanley transferred out after Morrow left. If Morrow were to stay somehow, some way, 
I think Stanley could have stayed, and this team, this team could have been top four, maybe. Uh, I think this team could definitely be a top four team. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they're just going to lose a lot of guys coming back, and uh, this is going to be another disappointing year for Hampton next year. Yeah, um, Hampton did make the Big South Finals last year. Fortunately, they lost to Winthrop. And, yeah, like you said, long year with your top two scores, 70% of your points gone. Uh, you're going to need Warren to score 30 if you want to you want to compete every every game. Um, seven, I have Longwood here. It's a very interesting team to place. They do have a solid number one option and a couple role players, but after that, they're – their supporting cast looks real shaky. Um, certainly more talented than the teams below them, but I believe the ceiling is a middle-of-the-pack finish. Yeah, I mean, we, we got them in pretty similar places. I mean, I do have them one spot ahead of you. Uh, high point, kind of messing things up for our lining up, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you'll, you'll get to them relatively soon. Uh, I do have Radford here at number seven. Uh, this, this story is probably one of the most disappointing ones for next year. Uh, they, they, this team was tied for first. I think they actually won outright the regular season title. And uh, who knows what this team could have done this past year. Probably could have made it to the tournament. Uh, it would have been a very close battle, obviously, with one throw. But uh, this team definitely had a very good chance to win it all. And uh, the bad news, obviously, losing their top eight options, that, that's something very incredible. Uh, we haven't seen a team like this lose like these past couple of conference previews lose anyone that significant and top eight is just crazy and uh obviously you know this team this team has been one of the top dogs in the big south like you said and uh they do bring in four new freshmen but uh this this team's definitely going to take a rebuilding year and just get some experience under the belt because and they don't really have that right now and if they want to return a top team in 2021 2022 season they're going to need some experience under the belt yeah even Wichita State didn't lose their top eight. That's how significant that is. Yeah, I mean, that that's a very good comparison. And uh, you look at Wichita State, I mean, they're, they're in some trouble. And you look at Radford, they're also in some trouble. Uh, yeah, it's just wild. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just crazy losing their top eight. It's just a whole – it's a whole lineup pretty much. And that's just, that's just wild to think about. Mm-hmm. Uh, six, I have Gardner-Webb here. They lose three of their four double-digit scores. They did stock heavily um, on JUCO players and high school recruits. Um, this, team, this team could be back to the top real soon. Um, it's kind of like they're rebuilding, but they're not rebuilding. And, yeah, I think, I think a middle of the pack finish is realistic for them this year. Yeah, I mean, I'm right with you once again. I do have the one spot ahead of you. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll talk about them in a couple minutes. Uh, I do have Longwood here. Uh, obviously, you talked about them, like, a couple minutes ago, but uh, – this team did finish fourth in the conference last year, believe it or not. They are losing three starters, though, and a lot of role players for next year. They do return their top option, and Juan Munoz, uh, who averaged 11 points a game, but he's definitely going to see an increase in that production uh, next year. And uh, this team is moving down a couple spots. I believe this team's ceiling, like you said, is definitely a middle-of-the-pack finish. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you never know. This team did finish fourth, believe it or not, last year. So uh, you never know what this Longwood team could do this season. Mm-hmm. Um, number five, this is where I have high point. Um, like I said, Tubby Smith is the coach, but it's not just him. They, I think they have a star in John Michael Wright. He, he's definitely an, an all-conference player. Um, they, they also lose two starters, but, uh, you know, I think, I think they have a lot more experience, more depth than the teams below them. 
they're definitely more talented than the teams below them, more experienced as well, which is why I do have them at number five. Yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a very interesting take. But uh, I'll have to see what happens with the season. It's definitely a possibility. But uh, I'm, not, I'm not too sure if they're going to finish in the top five in the Big South. Uh, I mean, you have your opinions. I have mine. So we'll see, we'll see who's actually right uh, if and when the season starts. Uh, I do have Gardner-Webb here at number five. Uh, this team, like you said, does lose a lot, including their top option, Jose Perez, who did transfer to Marquette. Uh, they also lose other two, top two options. Uh, three, four of these, all four of these guys, or three of these guys, were 13-plus uh, points a game scores. And uh, they do return one, though, which is Jaheim uh, Cornwall. Uh, he's going to be that top option for uh, Gardner-Webb next year. And, uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, this team, they don't, they're not rebuilding. They, they still have pieces there, but it's, it's kind of in the sense they are. So uh, you, this team's always going to be in the middle of the pack, and they'll make it back up to the top three in a couple of years. They just need to get a couple of pieces and get these experience under their belts. Mm-hmm. Uh, approaching the top four, this is where it kind of gets obvious, uh, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we got the same for all four of them. So, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, number four, I got USC Upstate. This is a very, very young team. They, they finished sixth place last year. Um, yeah, like you said, all sophomores last year. I expect this team to consistently be in the top three for the foreseeable future. And they could they could even be in the top three this year. Like I said, it's a four-headed race, basically. So it could be anywhere. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I already talked about uh, USC Upstate a, a lot in my dark course. So, uh, yeah, I'll give you kind of short and sweet. This team, I really like this team coming in next year. Very, they have a lot more experience now. They have a lot more talent returning, and that um, this team's very well balanced. Uh, like when it comes to scoring, there's no true defined score. I know you have Hammond and you have Werner, but uh, don't don't get don't get a mistake. And this team is a very well rounded team. And I really like this team coming in to next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, three, uh, Charleston Southern here. They returned five of the top six from their sixth-place team last year. Um, they will have an uphill climb to number one, but the pieces are definitely there. Yeah, I mean, you talked about one of these pieces, and that is uh, Fladarius Lummy Jr., obviously. Uh, you know what he did last year, and you know what he's hopefully going to do this upcoming season. And uh, obviously, I do have Charleston Southern here at number three. And uh, this team obviously was in that three-way tie for sixth place, but they had some – very quality wins uh, this past season, and uh, I expect those quality wins to definitely carry over to this season, and this team's going to be a very competitive one. Uh, approaching the top two, I think this team could definitely move into the top two, and one one might be a stretch for this Charleston Southern team, but uh, never out of the realm of possibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, uh, I'll, let, I'll let you cover that one since it's, it's the same. All right. Uh, we both got Winthrop here at number two. Uh, they do lose two out of their top three options, but the rest of the team is coming back uh, to the Big South. Uh, this team finished tied for the regular season title. I mean, they did outright lose it, but this team had the same record as Radford last year, and this team made it to the tournament last year. So, uh, yeah, I mean, this team's just hopefully they got championship. They got tournament DNA in them. They're, they're ready to go. And uh, the one guy that is returning who will be the top option is going to be DJ Burns. Did average 12 points a game in his freshman campaign last year. So uh, this co- this coaching staff, uh, we've said it a lot. 
Uh, this is hands down one of the best in the conference. And uh, one throw, they will not slip outside of top three. Yeah, um, this is clearly a no-brainer for number two. Um, they probably have the best depth in the conference, top to bottom. Like you said, Coach Pat Kelsey, best, probably the best coach in the Big South right now. Um, and, yeah, he was, he was actually a, a contender for that Wake Forest job. And, yeah, um, he also has a, a solid recruiting class coming in. And I really think Winter could be that number one team. Yeah, and uh, speaking of number one teams, uh, it's, it's kind of a no-brainer. We both got uh, UNC Asheville here. Uh, this, this team is pretty much returning everyone. Uh, they lose one rotation player, but they do return a much more experienced group coming back. Uh, this team is hopefully making the jump from five to one next year, and that, that is definitely possible with the guys that are coming back. And uh, the most credit for that is Devon Jones, obviously. Uh, yeah, I mean, this team just has a lot of good things coming back, so uh, I'm, I'm really excited to see uh, this UNC Asheville team compete and try and be that top seed in the Big South. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, there's no question here. UNC Asheville was, was one of the best uh, – had one of the best win improvements from one year to another year in all of college basketball last year. 11 wins uh, – win improvement, sorry. Um, yeah, they built their program from the bottom up. Last place two years ago, fifth place last year, and everyone returns from last year's team. Best five-man lineup in the Big South by miles and miles. Um, and the reason why I don't have uh, whoever your player of the year is, I um, is because their five-man lineup is so, so strong. Um, they're all double-digit scores, which is why uh, anyone could take over at any time, which is why, uh, yeah, I have Fleming Jr. as my player of the year. But, yeah, UNC Asheville is clearly number one. Yeah, I mean, like you said, uh, like I kind of said with uh, USC Upstate, uh, this team is very well-rounded when it comes to scoring. Uh, I do believe Devon Jones will take a front seat lead with the scoring, but uh, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of guys that are going to average double-digit points, and uh, they, they did have at least three, I believe, maybe two, that did average double-digit points this past season. So uh, don't mm-hmm. get them mistaken. But UNC Asheville, definitely the top team in both of our eyes, and probably, probably pretty much the rest of the base South size. Yeah, and this type of rebuild that UNC Asheville did is remarkable. It's what I think USC Upstate is doing right now and Presbyterian later on. Man, it's something the uh, 76ers should have did. But, uh, man, you got to trust the process. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much all we got for today's episode. Uh, we'll be covering the Big West next episode and uh, a couple other stuff, probably waivers coming. I mean, you know how the waivers are. And uh, whatever else comes our way, we're obviously going to cover it for you. But, uh, yeah, that's it much all. Yeah, and speaking of Sixers, um, Celtics, Celtics later. Um, Got to get the brooms out. They're playing right now, aren't they? Uh, yeah, but when we upload this, the game will probably be over. Um, so, yeah, get the brooms out. Yeah, hopefully. And uh, special guest, we, we do have one on the way, and uh, he will be coming sometime this week, probably later in the week. So, uh Definitely stay tuned for that. We do have the Big West preview, obviously, uh, coming toward the middle of the week, and then special guest coming uh, probably around Friday. So, uh, yeah, definitely stay tuned for that. We're very excited for the special guest to come on. Yeah. Um, thank you once again. Uh, please stay safe, and it's always March. It's always March, baby. Thank you guys for watching.